This podcast is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network, and it's also proud to be from Texas. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. This is the JBT JBT Podcast. Daddy and Steve are awesome. Hey everybody, this is David. Uh, no Michael right now. I just uh, I just wanted to record something real quick. Um, in this uh, <clears throat> in this episode, we talk about a book called Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, it's a very good book, and you'll find out that I absolutely loved it here coming up here in just a few minutes, uh, actually, because I think we get into that pretty quick. Uh, but I I just wanted to touch base real fast and uh, actually tell you where where that uh, Killers of the Flower Moon come from like you're thinking like flower moon probably sounds kind of strange so anyways uh there's an actual thing that the osage indians call uh flower killing moon and it's 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 basically the uh moon time from what from what i understand and this is what i've I've read up on and figured out or whatever so i could be completely totally wrong if i am emailing me about it and be fine i don't care uh but it's called the flower killing moon. And apparently what it is, is that the moon time in May, uh, all the flowers, uh, the heads start breaking off and, and, and the flowers start, you know, dying and regerminating into the, into the soil. So they call the moon in May, the flower killing moon. So uh, it's, it's, uh, uh, in fact, this one thing that I'm reading off the internet says the next of the smaller flowers break and their petals flutter away. And before long, they're buried underground. This is why the Osage Indians refer to May as a time of the flower killing moon. So, uh, yeah, that just, just a real quick little thing. So, uh, hope you guys enjoy the episode, uh, read killers of the flower moon. You'll find out here in just a second where I'm talking all about it. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to 2BT. I'm David. I'm Michael. <laughs> hey, we're and recording. We're talking. We're we are, alive, man. We yes, we we are alive, thank goodness. We're recording in quarantine one more time. And uh me and Michael were having a little powwow, a little show meeting before the show. If we if you can call our hangouts show meetings, then that's what I'm gonna do. But like we just had a little talk before the show and we're like, you know what, man, I'm tired of this. We're going to start breaking a little bit of quarantine. So the next time, the next time we record shall be Michael and Dave in the same room. And I feel kind of bad, man, because we've passed up. We've missed some glorious opportunities to be doing some recording outside. Yeah. And, and we, we just haven't been able to do it because like, well, I guess I could have taken the gear outside and set up and sat there and talk to you, you know, like how we do right now, but it's not as fun. As what it is whenever we're both there getting to sit outside and talk and stuff like that. We need to have another, uh, we need to have another, uh, hot sauce challenge or whatever the devil we called that whenever we had the, the habanero hot sauce from, uh, or was oh, that, that was ghost was that, pepper? That man. was ghost pepper. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's you held up stuff. rather well to that. I'm, I'm actually was uh, amazed at how well you held up to that because 
That stuff is bad. (laughs) Dude, I tell you what, if it didn't have such a good flavor to it, I probably wouldn't have held up as well. But but the actual hot sauce itself had such a really good flavor that it's kind of hard not to hold up to it because you just wanted to eat more. Like, that stuff was absolutely delicious, man. I I, I, I need to research some ways to use it so you get to capture the flavor. Oh, yeah. Something like, I guess maybe cheese would help counteract the burning oh god yeah well that's dairy yeah oh i I told you i'd oh i wonder because you know some people take the hot sauce i guess salsa you know whatever you want to call it but salsa is 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 the spanish word for hot for sauce so like you take the hot sauce and you mix it with like sour cream and stuff like that i've seen people mix it with you know the hot sauce with sour cream or even cream cheese I wonder what that would be like. <clears throat> I'm sure that would cut it by a lot. Ooh, ooh. We need to try that. Oh, yeah, we do. And oh, I just ghost, I... pepper, sour cream, stuffed jalapenos. Dude, you just read my mind. Oh yeah. my goodness, you just read Chicken, my mind. Like that's uh, like, bacon. dude. It's, oh my goodness, yeah. Like you just totally read my mind, dude. I was sitting there. I was. That's what the ooh, ooh, ooh yeah. is all about. I, that's I, I. I couldn't do anything but clap just then because I was like, Michael picked up exactly the psychic signals that I was sending out to him. I was like, heck yeah, dude. That's that's awesome. Uh, no matter how much I love it. At some certain point in time, I'm sweating and crying and running around the house with my mouth open, trying to <laughs> trying, you know, trying to cool it off, trying to get some air flow going into your la- mouth. The worst thing to do is drink water because that just <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I've I've heard that concentrates it and stuff like that. So yeah. I I just got this like great visual of you running around your house with your mouth open, kind of like one of those you know like those big fish in the ocean that sit there and swim around with their mouth open, just hoping to be able to eat whatever it is that just happens to like. Yeah. Flow, yeah. flow, in, flow into their gob while it's open. There, just raw. That's me, yeah. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin when he throws on the uh, throws on the aftershave. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah, what's up, man? We haven't got together in two weeks. Uh, I know. Yeah, my, my 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 wife's family is not trying at all to observe the. Uh, the I guess you call it. Um, what's it called? Herd. We're herd isolating. It's like we don't see anybody but them. Oh, yeah. But I don't have any control over who my sister-in-law goes around when she goes to work. You know what I mean? But, oh, yeah. uh, you know. Well, yeah. you know, man, it's like this, man. I, I did really good with quarantine for from the beginning of March till just last weekend. I, so I went, the, I went the entire month of March, basically. The entire month of April and then a little bit into May without touching anybody or hugging anybody or anything like this. And just last weekend, I actually like gave my parents a hug. And that was the first time, like, like I said, like two months, almost three months. Yeah. And that's unheard of for me because like, you know, like I see them quite a bit. I talk to them quite a bit, you know, and, and, and so like whenever I see them, you know, I give them a hug. And whenever I go to leave, I give them a hug. Like that's, that's me. That's how my family does things. You know, we're not afraid to show affection to one another. You know, we might be, uh, <laughs> we might be a little bit shy about dropping the I love you's and stuff like that, yeah. but like it's basically implied. That's just how my family rolls. We might not say I love you, but it's implied by our actions and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, things like that. So it's, I think that's, I think that's how a lot of families are uh 
but you know, you know what I'm saying. But yeah, man. Yeah. So I went, I went that long without giving people hugs. And here recently, I finally just broke down and said, you know what, dude, I can't do this anymore. I gotta have like, I'm fine being an introvert. I'm actually loving the whole thing of like, oh, you're telling me I can't go out right now. <laughs> oh, that's Kick. see, that's, that's great. me too. I mean, yeah. you're great with people. Yeah. Um, I'm better than I used to be, but I'm completely happy just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just away from anybody. Like, like I'm really good with people, but I don't want to be around them most of the time. So like, I'm well, I'm like, good. I'm good. Well, just just staying. Yeah, we're in, having man. a we're having a my my daughter's graduating this weekend, and people are her her dad and aunt and nana, people on like her dad's family are coming down, and they're. They're welcome at my house, but it's kind of like yeah. being around that group of people plus my wife's family. It's I get so exhausted from yeah. being around a crowd of people. It's like it's like I'm surrounded by vampires sucking all my energy out of me. <laughs> I just can't be in a group for very oh, long. Oh yeah, I can't either, dude. That's the reason why. Like, well, you've seen at family functions whenever we're together and stuff like that. Like, like take the. Take our side of the family's uh, Christmas thing that Christmas, we do. Yeah. Like, wh- where do I usually wind up at? I usually wind up outside, standing on the on the patio, on the front porch, on the sidewalk, or whatever. Just because being around that many people does kind of take it out of me. Plus, my ears are so bad. Take the noise. <clears throat> I can't take the noise, and I can't hear anybody talk to me. So if somebody's talking to me, because because there's so much background noise, I probably need hearing aids. Honestly, to tell you the truth, already at the age of ripe old age of forty four, but uh, you know, I I can't I can't uh, I can't discern between the the noises. So I, I just, I just, and it's not that I'm trying to be antisocial to anybody or anything like that. I just go outside because that's the only p- way that I can hear anybody if they're talking to me. Other than that, I spend 90% of my time going, what? What? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. So what the heck have you been up to, man? Like, gotten into anything cool? I know that you said just a minute ago that you were actually looking at something pretty neat, and I was like, hold that thought, dude. We'll talk about that as soon as we get the get the recording going and stuff like that. So Yeah, okay. Well, I'm still making my notes for my history lessons thing. Yeah. And, you know, that's a it's a really involved... I'm super excited for I mean, that. I can by the just way. sit down and record, but I want to. I want to actually, and I'm thinking about it ahead of time. Like when I'm talking about the Comanche Indians, I want to talk about them and give them their the the proper treatment. And I was thinking about it I was like I want to like looking for a map. I've been scrolling through maps online that showed where the Comanches tra- uh, lived and roamed and the territory they had control over, and you know that quote unquote Comanche empire. I mean, they weren't really an empire. They just yeah. went anywhere they wanted because no one could tell them otherwise. Yeah. And, what, what, you know, what all the maps they, and all the maps was, and most of the history books show, they just show where they were up in, in uh, the North America from Texas up to Colorado and Kansas, all that. Yeah. But I'm like, no, they didn't, there was no border for them. And then I sort of found some really cool maps showing how far south into Mexico they went, and it almost doubles the oh, yeah. size of their territory that they actually had control over. 
Oh yeah, and what was what? What I thought was, you know, because I've been doing a little bit of research on the Comanches, just because, like, I've been doing a fun, just just for fun, just for me, because I got interested in it one day. It was kind of like a comparison between, you know, the Mongols and the in the and the, uh, and the Comanches, <clears throat> and uh, one of the things that I thought was kind of neat that I didn't ever realize is that the Comanches was basically like an offshoot of what what is it the Shoshone yeah. tribe, I think, and then yeah. <clears throat> up in the that, northwest. Yeah, and then they basically had like a whole nother offshoot that they had kind of delegated, and I'm using air quotes, they had kind of delegated to set up to basically trade with like the white man and, and other folks and stuff like that. And and they, uh, what were they, the, the common cheros, I guess is what they called them or whatever, right? Or something to that effect. I could be, I could be wrong here on that because, like I said, I've only, I've only just kind of started my research and stuff, so I haven't really looked too much into the Comancheros. But like, what little bit that I found out about that—that's what it was kind of saying—is that it's kind of like just like an offshoot or like a little tribe that they set up to <clears throat> do the the dealing with with to, to handle trade with what I guess you could just say is like outsiders to the Comanche well, tribe. Yeah. I and think, what? and I don't think it's a. I think it's more like a criminal. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, <laughs> organization almost. Because so. it's more like uh, something that would be an intermediary for the mafia, maybe. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Like they're by the. I, I, it's been a while since I've read about the Comancheros, but they kind of like facilitated trade with Comanches, where other people were kind of scared to. But yeah. But well, maybe that's the what Comanches, it was. They had they 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 stole children and they traded slaves in that way and they would steal things and and uh, yeah yeah that's a, what was what was their nickname? Wasn't it something like the King of the Plains or something like that? What was it? The uh, uh, they Lords had some really Plains. Lords of the Plains. Yes, that's what it was. I was about to say they had a really cool nickname that I found and I was like that's freaking awesome like i don't know like like i said it was and that's just all like whenever i've got a little bit of free time which isn't very much right now because i like to since since i'm not working as much overtime as what i did last year i've kind of inundated myself with little projects (laughs) you know like i've got a i've got a project that i've got uh in the works that me and adam are are starting up on and all like this type of good stuff so like I, I've got a bunch of stuff I need to do for that, and then I'm trying to work on this this project from uh you know the, the just 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 for fun just just because like I'm like I, I enjoy learning, I'm not yeah. a fan of I'm not a fan of research, but whenever I find something interesting that I was looking for, it's it's very cool to like just sit there and kind of read it and kind of go through and kind of absorb it and all like this type of good stuff. So yeah, man, that's that's like really cool. I'm really excited about your history podcast that you're going to be doing, by the way, man. Like I'm I'm actually really looking forward to that. That's going to be stinking cool. But yeah, you were uh you were talking about your your doing your research on the Comanches there, man. Like I I I just finished a a book this week that I I know I told you and Steven about like endlessly. Like I couldn't believe on how much this book wrapped me up. Like and 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 the fact that I'd never heard of this book before now really kind of like blew my mind man because <clears throat> well I won't even say the book itself but the but the fact that I hadn't heard of these events um the story yeah the the, the story it's, itself it's all fact 
Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 all fact. I don't know if the book is a hundred percent based on fact. It reads like it's based on fact, but they kind of weave, weave a story in there, so it doesn't feel like you're just getting a bunch of reports. Let's put it that way, right? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so it does. It doesn't feel like you're just reading through like crime reports and blah 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 blah. But the name of the book is. Killers of the Flower Moon, and it takes place in Oklahoma in Osage territory. And then the Osage people, you know, obviously was a tribe of of, of Native Americans, a tribe of Indians that was, uh, I think it was in, uh, what was it, Kansas and Nebraska and, and Oklahoma, <clears throat> kind of like that central region. Midwest, uh, yeah. Yeah, Midwest, there in the plains. And, uh, you know, they basically got relegated to uh, Oklahoma. And it does cover, man, like, it's so shady. Like, it is so shady. It's, it, it kind of hurts my heart a little bit whenever you, whenever you go through it and you just start listening to how these people were treated and how they were done, even just getting them to the land that they got to. And then whenever they get to the land they, they're on, all of a sudden they discover it's super rich in oil. And so they start drilling and then they start doing all this stuff and selling the, uh, you know, you know, selling, I won't say selling leases, but, you know, doing the oil leases. Yeah. And then the Osage people themselves were like the richest tribe of Indians that there were in North America, one. But not only that, they were per capita, they had more, uh, people with more money than any other place in the world. Like it was, it was insane on how much money was coming into this area. And so you had all these people kind of flocking to this area because that's what happens. Like it's kind of like the California gold rush. Like they were saying like the California gold rush was only like 2% of the wealth of what the Osage people had or the, the gold rush in the 1800s was like only, I think it was like only 2% of the gold of the, of the wealth of what the Osage people had. Like, and that's entire total gold rush of the 1800s. And I was like, dude that's insane man uh but you had all these people kind of move into the area and and uh basically start trying to take advantage of these people and what's sad is like almost it almost feels like the american government was helping the osage people out at the same time but they were also kind of hindering them at the same time because they started this whole guardianship i don't know have you ever heard anything about the whole guardianship uh, yeah, I've heard of it, but yeah, go on. So this is this is what I gleaned from the book, and I, I well, and this I could be telling it wrong because I've only listened to the book one time, and so don't quote me for sure on this. But basically, uh, what they would do is they would have a hearing type thing, or they would take one of the Indians to uh, a doctor, and if the doctor could prove them mentally incapable of caring for themselves, as in like. Not necessarily can't stay by themselves, as in, like, they can stay by themselves, but we don't think you're smart enough to spend your own money, is basically what it was. And uh, if they, if a doctor deemed them incapable of spending their own money, then they would issue them a guardian. And, well, this guardian was in charge of all their financials. So they yeah. could not, they could not write a check, they could not spend any money without an okay from these guardians. And, uh, it's it's insane, man. It blows your mind to think that there was actually something like that in place for a group of people back as early as the 1920s. And I say early as the 1920s because this is whenever this takes place. Now the book is actually centered on the Osage, uh, the Osage murders of you know the area. I think it started in actually in like 1919 as they've kind of attached a few others to it. 
because it kind of like goes along with it, but it's it's like just the 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 plotting that this is about one individual himself, and I'm not going to give the name because I want everybody to read the book instead of going out and looking it up. But the the uh, the this one individual, the plotting that he did, the deceiving, the the just the, the the I don't even have the words, man. It's insane. It really blows your mind. Plus, I don't want to give any of the story away because I don't want to tell you who it was that was doing this deceiving and plotting and stuff like that. Because it is kind of a surprise, I guess we should say, you know, because yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's an excellent book. The story in it, like, seems like, it seems like one of those, uh, uh, like gangster movies, you know, like a mob movie type thing with these in-depth plans to basically kill these people and completely, totally covered up at the same time. And it's basically all was for the head rights, trying to get the head rights because, uh, the head rights, you had to, uh, I think they even implemented something to where you had to be a certain percentage of Osage to be able to inherit these head rights. And so, and what was really kind of screwing things up is a lot of these, uh, Osage people would actually take and like will their head rights to, so-and-so family member, but it would be like, you know, their brother, their sister, their mother, and all like this type of stuff. So it wasn't going to like, you know, Tom Jewelry that moved in from California that wound up marrying an Osage uh, squaw, and then, you know, all of a sudden she dies unexpectedly after being super healthy, but he doesn't get any money because now it's going to her mom type thing. So, yeah, it's it's a very, 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 very interesting, compelling book. Like, there's times that, like, it it caused, you know, I listen to all these while I'm at work. And so there's times where I was was actually late going to break. There's one time I was late going to lunch by, like, 15 minutes because I didn't realize it was lunchtime because I was so wrapped up in the book. And I'm just, like, working and working and working. I'm just not really paying attention to what the heck's going on around me because the story was so like I said, compelling and it's just so enthralling. Like it just, it just, it just sucked me in and I was just there and I was just like, wow, man. Like it just, it just had that much of a grasp over me. It's very good. Very, I, I suggest I'm excited uh, about it because it's weird coincidences that you brought that up that day. And I'm looking at a map here. They're up and I guess what you'd call near the Northeast corner of Oklahoma on the border with Kansas. Yeah. Looks like, and yeah. I'm looking at another map they're showing here. The territory they, when they're like at their height, they kind of were in that area of northeastern Oklahoma or or eastern Oklahoma, southeastern Kansas, uh, southwest Missouri, and northwest Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. To the east Good. of the Kiowa and Wichita, and yeah. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. And they were even. I know. I've heard stories about the Osage even being here in Texas. So, you know, they're everywhere. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Kickapoo. Oh, yeah. The Kickapoo tribe was here. A lot of lesser known. I mean, there are lots of tribes that were here in Texas that you just because the Comanches had and the Kyles held such a what's the word notoriety. Oh yeah. And strength that they kind of overshadowed some of the other. Uh, tribes that were here and and what we know but i'm excited about it because i kid you not the very day my wife and i had been 
I was at this, uh, there's a bookstore, secondhand bookstore that had just opened up. We had gone in there looking for a specific thing. I had been sent in to look for a specific thing really quick, like put my mask on, go in, go out. And <laughs> uh, how well does that, how well did that work for you? Of, well, I see a stack of paperback books and <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, and I start going through it. And a lot of them are just like these old Westerns. And there's this guy, I think he might even still be alive or Maybe not. I might be confused. Yeah. His name's Matt Braun, B-R-A-U-N. He's an Oklahoma writer. Mostly wrote Westerns. I guess I haven't read one. I want to now because I looked at what he wrote about, and he was from Oklahoma and kind of in the vein, I guess, of Louis L'Amour, Zane Gray. You know, that he just wrote lots of Westerns. But yeah. the book that I saw that intrigued me, I picked it up as Matt Braun, and it had an oil well on it. And it said black gold. And I read the back and it said pretty much the Osage Indians lost their ancestral freedoms, swept to a reservation in Oklahoma. And then in the roaring, roaring twenties, there's their land is getting like spewing black gold. And then it gets into the murders, but this is a, like oh, a yeah. fictional fictionalized version of it. Oh, really? And, uh, I'm going to pick that up too. It's called black gold. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick that one up also. I like just because like now now that I've read this Killers of the Flower Moon, like I'm I'm I've got to I've got to learn. I, I want to read more about this, and I yeah. I would like to learn more about it. But like now, like since that story's enthralled me so much, that I'm like I want to hear more of this area and stuff. So, anyways, sorry man, continue. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, it's just interesting, and for some reason, I also remembered when you said something about it that day. It's stuck in my head for something, and then you just brought it up in our pre-show meeting. <laughs> our our jibber jabbering while we're setting up stuff and telling people to leave us alone for the next hour. Um, <laughs> Scorsese's making a movie with DiCaprio and De Niro based on yeah. the book, and I remember seeing that somewhere, and I thought, "Wow, Leonardo DiCaprio is making a movie set in Oklahoma." About in the 1920s, that's really cool. Oh yeah! And now, I mean, I I'm torn because I have one more book in dress and files. After I finish, I'm three hours away. I'll finish it today. Ooh, finishing cold days. Okay. Yeah. And then I gotta do skin game, and then I'll get Killers of the Flower Moon. And I'm gonna yeah. go pick up the paperback of for for 25 cents of a of black Matt brown book. But yeah. there's all kinds of stories like that. I mean. The fact oh, yeah. that somebody actually uncovered all the dirty deeds done against the, the native tribes, they, they treated them like that. That's how they lost their lands throughout a lot of, of Oklahoma because they, they treated it, them as lesser, continued uh, dude, to. It hurts my heart to hear that other people, like these are people, man. Like they're not like that, that they, that they treated people like that. And the fact, like, even the American government went as far as, like, they were like, they actually thought, they're like, okay, well, how do we get them to quit living in such a tight-knit community? Well, what do we do? We can give them all 120 acres, 
and tell them that this is their land, this is their farm for each spe- specific individual. And so now they can go live on this and we can break up that tribe community a little bit. And I'm like, are you serious? You were just, you're, you're, you were really that underhanded, that undermining that you're like, how do we try to break up this community a little bit more? Well, we take them and we spread them out. Well, how do we spread them out? We each give them 120 acres of land and then people are coming in trying to steal their 120 acres of land, dude. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, are you serious? And then it also makes me also it also makes me question and kind of wonder like what types of deals were they getting from like these big oil companies because you can almost guarantee that these oil companies weren't probably paying a premium on these blasted leases. Now I'm sure that they were eventually after like these areas started pumping out like lots and lots and lots of of oil and stuff. But going up to it, I'm sure some of those some of those poor individuals like just really just got took by how much they were, you know, leasing, selling their lease to their lands for or whatnot. Yeah. It's just, it blows my mind, man. It blows my mind. It really does. Well, one of, there was actually a lawsuit that wasn't settled till that recent, I was not, pretty recently, I think when I was, you had told me the, about the book and I was reading a little bit more about the situation. Well, it got settled in, I'll look it back up here, 2011. Three hundred thirty oh, really? million dollar damages in partial oh, compensation wow. to some for some of the mismanagement claims. Oh wow! Holy crap! Um, and then in two thousand eleven, U.S. settled outstanding litigation for a total of three hundred eighty million. I don't know what the difference in that means. February, October. Uh, yeah. And there's you know there's about sixteen thousand twenty thousand members in the tribe today. Yeah. Yeah, man, it, it's 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 really got me. Uh, <clears throat> really got me. It, it, that that book alone really uh, spurred my interest in in learning a lot more. I mean, I'd always had an interest in learning a lot more about the Native Americans and and, and all like that. But uh, it's it's really spurred it even more to where now I have like an insatiable. Uh, uh, lust after more knowledge for what these tribes and things like that went through after, you know, the relegation to these certain areas, basically, man, to where I'm just like, man, like, that's just, I, you know, if that, if, if it was that bad per one tribe alone, just the Osage people themselves. Now, granted, there's might be a little bit more of a, uh, of a uh, exacerbated situation, maybe I guess that'd be the right word, since they had so much money and so much oil flowing into that area, that there's might be a little bit more than other tribes, but still, man, like that's just it's just freaking horrible. I'm like, holy crap, dude! Like it just, like I said, it, it hurts my heart and it kind of like disgusts me with the people of the time. This like being like, yeah, yeah, we can do that because you know they're you because know. they're different. And yeah. we no, exactly. Are, we have the power and we have a military and we can do, you know, you, they had two things. One, they, they also would set up schools and make the children go to these schools where they had to cut all their, they cut their hair off and yep. take a white person name and, and had to speak in, and speak in the white person language because a lot not, of the children that went to those schools still were speaking their native tongue. Well, yeah. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh Lord. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, especially with the, oh yeah. But yeah. Can, you know, Canada as great as it is, their native peoples. There's a there's horror stories about how they were treated also up there 
with these oh, really? tools. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, and one of the worst stories um, or histories is you think about the, the five civilized tribes, right? The Trail of Tears. I mean, oh, yeah. if they if you wanted a people to be assimilated into American society, they did it. They oh, yeah. they, they 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 knew English. They dressed um, the way the white people wanted them to, for the most part. Um, but they got moved. They were forced off their lands because they had really nice farmland, and they were farming. And you know, they were they were doing what was expected and they still got screwed over. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Away. I mean, in Sam Houston, they were living here in, uh, they were living here in Texas before the, uh, uh, there was a, there was a, was a Cherokee. I think a Cherokee tribe was living here in Texas before the Texas revolution. And Sam Houston is already friends with them because when he was living in Tennessee, he befriended and had lived when, he, when he's like, I don't remember the exact age, 15, 16 years old, he'd run away and lived with them. And they'd kind of like, he even married a, a, a member of the tribe and had a wife and all this stuff. Um, so, you know, looking back at the history with him, he was not, he was different than most of the white politicians of the era because he actually wanted to get along and find a way to not let them be cheated. You yeah, know, he was famous for being on the peace side, uh, even with the Comanches. He just like he wanted to just have a line, and we're going to acknowledge this line, and we won't cross it, and you don't cross it. Well, you're not going to tell a independent minded Texas Texan that you can't go across some imaginary <laughs> line, and any more than you're going to tell the Comanche because one of the things about the Comanche tribe. I'm sorry. I'm going to end this real soon. One of the things about no. the Comanche tribe no, you're is, good. you know, we say, well, Chief Quanah Parker, they they were more democratic, purely democratic. They're, what, the, did they have tribal leaders like the spiritual one or one that would lead in war parties because he had uh, established himself as a great warrior? You pretty much could do what you wanted to. Like if Chief David Wayne said, my people, I'm making a, I'm, I believe we should not attack the sellers anymore, but as some 15 year old young guy that wanted to make a name for himself, got together with some of his buddies and wanted to go raid in Mexico or in the settlements of Texas, they could because oh, yeah. that, that's how free they were. There was no real power structure, political structure where people were told what they had to do. Yeah. You know, they wandered around in bands and if need be, they would get together for, you know, they'd reach out and get together and like they'd attack a place or stuff like that. But I don't know. It's, it's fascinating to me. And, uh, so, uh it's fascinating to me. That's re- uh, like, I was just letting you talk, man. Like you didn't have to end. I was, I was like, dude, like you, you said just a second ago, you're like, look, I'll, I'll end this in just a second. I was, I was just enjoying listening to you talk about it because it's like, like I said, that's one of the reasons why I'm excited for you, for your history podcast. And I'm, well, that's I'm planning one of on the listening. things that was so frustrating yeah. for the European Americans. And because we have a system of government where, okay, a system of laws where, okay, the governor of Texas signs a treaty with the whatever. President of the United States signs a treaty with the president of Mexico. We are obliged to enforce that treaty 
uh, let's say it's about taking certain things across the border and yeah. we're obliged to not let that happen because we signed a treaty and we have, like I said, we have police forces, we have different uh, agencies that are going to be oversee that and take care of that and make sure, try to make sure it doesn't happen. And then the Mexican government will be on the border trying to keep it from happening too. They didn't have, we they we didn't have that with them. No, no. Just because one guy sat down and signed his X or Mark to a piece of paper didn't mean that anybody was going to listen to him. They didn't have to. Oh, yeah. Um, do you go back to the Nez Perce war with Chief Joseph? That was the exact same situation. In the newspapers, they made it out to seem like Chief Joseph, Chief Joseph. He's in control of these people. It's his fault. For the most part, he just wanted to have peace and not fight anybody, but because they had a similar structure where if you wanted to do something, you could do it. And there were a lot of people that wanted to fight and get revenge against all the evil things, against all the mistreatment that they'd been put through. I mean, there's just so much you can take. And especially if you're a younger person, a hothead, and you're just going to, you're going to go out and do what you feel is right and start a war, which is what happened up there, which led to the, you know, eventual being placed on a reservation because the United States government, guess what, broke another treaty with Nez Perce, said they had signed a treaty saying you're going to have this land forever in their beloved Willow Walla Valley. And then they said, said, oh, by the way, we're not, that's not true. You're going to actually go to a really much smaller area because we just realized that's really good farmland up there and lots of white <laughs> people want to go farm there. Yeah. And we can't stop them because they're just going in. And we could try to be enforced and make the people leave. But, you know, the way we our, our manifest destiny idea was it all is going to belong to us eventually. So they might as well just agree to so let might as us well, have it. Yeah. Might as well agree to move and let us have it because it's, it's, it's ours anyways. Uh, it's I such think a backwards it, I think- look at the way you, you know, we're so nativist about how this is our land, but we treat our native peoples like they're, they're the <laughs> like outsiders. They're, yeah. And actually referred to them as savages and things like that. And it's like, uh, no, actually not. But, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy. And it, it really just like, it really blows my mind at times whenever I think, stop and think about how the treatment was and what happened and, and all like this type of just crap, you know, and like you brought up the, the trail of tears and, you know, these people like the Osage, you know, they had been relegated to an area that, that had, that was, you know, the, the Northern Oklahoma and, and, uh, and Kansas. And then all of a sudden they, they said, Nope, now your reservation is shrinking even smaller. We're going to put you all on Oklahoma. And then they're like, well, yeah. okay. And they, they basically went peacefully every blasted time, you know, you didn't have a, 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 I don't know if the battle of Adobe walls was over reservation stuff or anything like that for the Comanches, but you know, you didn't have these massive battles with them. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, it, it, like I said, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. It, it, it just, yeah, it's, it, it's definitely something to think about. And, and whenever you start thinking about it, you're just like, man, like that was just, I mean, just even, even we had our little, uh, it was a lot shorter journey, but we have our own little trail of tears from <clears throat> just west of where we live. The Indians had been put on reservations here in Texas, um, like the, 
oh god my, my brain's freezing up but like in the parker county area or farther west a little bit farther west young county maybe um, yeah there were there were reservations for the tribes there yeah uh, lots of and we texans don't have a beautiful history when it comes to native peoples because i can't i can't see a way where we're actually it's anything they did was heroic and the way they got along with them now i know that um, there's the other side of the story where the comanches if they came and attacked your place they were ruthless they did unspeakable things i'm not justifying it but yeah, this was no, their no, exactly. this was their land and well, in the and 50s yeah. they took all the people on the reservations and moved them up north of the red they kicked all the tribes out of texas in the 1850s yeah. and military escort out said you this this is not your place anymore we're we're moving out into it but the comanches the actual the comanches out on the plains that had never agreed to go to the reservation they didn't get the memo and as soon as the civil war started they made everybody's life a living hell the 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 frontier line retreated in 4 years 100 miles back people were not Holy like crap. like where i yeah like I, where I'm sitting right now, people were farming in the 1850s, and you did not want to be caught here. Pretty much, some people stuck it out, but for the most part, there was a severe dwindling of population in places that the frontier had been pushing out to. Yeah, and their raiding was so vicious and so so thorough that you'd be pretty stupid because when we decided to secede from the United States. Well, guess what happened? We had a line of forts up and down the frontier line, and guess who left? Well, you don't want a, our protection of the United States Army anymore. <laughs> We're just going to pull all our troops out, and yeah. you know, and we weren't yeah. really that prepared to defend to defend ourselves. The forts. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, no. Yeah, no, not at all. Well, that's and that's you know, it's it's. Oh man. <laughs> I, I I got tongue tied. <laughs> I yeah. was trying to talk and it just didn't work, and then my brain blanked. I was like, "Oh, yep, there it goes." I had a thought and it just went away. But no, man, it's it's all like I said, it's all it's all fascinating, like the the whole history of it and everything like that. I was gonna say, I know there's, I want to say there's still a few reservations here in the state of Texas, isn't there? I think there's a couple of small ones. Yeah, I, well, I was gonna say that. A, I think down on the Rio Grande. On the Rio Grande, there's one, and I think there might be another in East Texas, the Hassanai or something like that. Yeah, I I'm think pretty there sure. Are. I, well, I, well, I, I know that there's one uh, definitely in uh, East Texas area. I don't know exactly where because I went to it as a kid. Uh, we went to, uh, we went to, I think it was, I think we actually went to a powwow that was down there or whatever, you know, where they have like the, yeah. the big gathering and the dance and stuff like that. And it was, I remember going to it and just being amazed by it and actually just, you know, like I, I didn't want to leave. I do remember that much. I wanted to stay and watch more of it. Oh, uh, I know. Because, it's, the, you know it's the Alabama Cushada. I bet you. Okay. Probably they have so. the, they have a 4,500 acre reservation and I believe that is in East Texas. Yeah. And then there's the Tigua, just, the Tigua Reservation, 26 acres in El Paso County. And then the Kickapoos have one on Eagle Pass, southeast of Eagle Pass. But it's okay. really tiny. Um, the Alabama Cushada is the biggest one. I, I, I remember that. I don't know the history or when they actually got that established or how long. But, yeah, I bet that's yeah. the one you went to. 
Probably so because we we were uh, we 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 were um, it was uh, I, I I do remember that we'd been down to uh, College Station because my great uncle James lived down in College Station at the time and that was kind of one of our side trips. But I do you know I I do know that we we'd go down there and then we'd go to like we I know we went to that Indian reservation one time and then we went down to uh, down south to Houston to uh bridge city and all like that all from you know having a home base set at like college station or whatever so um where exactly that reservation was at i don't remember i just but east of it, livingston it would, is where the alabama cushado yeah. one is yeah and that's on the way down to where you would have been going yeah so because there's three currently and actually there are casinos in texas i did not know that Really, I didn't know that either. Well, I guess Excuse since me. it's a, I guess since it's reservation land, then it's allowed. Southeast of Eagle Pass, the Kickapoo yeah. have a casino, and that's way south, isn't it? I don't know. I was just then looking at the Alabama Cushada, which is just south of uh, south of Lufkin and Nacogdoches. So yeah, I'd totally be in the in the in south of Crockett, kind of a southeast of Crockett and Palestine. And Tyler, so yeah, about in, kind of in that area or whatever. Yeah, it's actually not far from College Station, so that's got to be the one that we went to. It has to be just yeah. uh, just just east of Huntsville and east of Livingston. Yeah, I had to pull up a map. I had to look it up just because I was curious because I couldn't remember, and then I I I couldn't remember exactly where it was, but I knew that we'd been down to uh, I knew that we'd been down to College Station to visit my great uncle James, so I knew that that was going on for sure. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's actually pretty dang cool. Yeah, I just remember it being pretty big, and we did like this whole tour of it, and then you know got to watch them uh, do their ceremonial dances with like the guard, you know the you know the full regalia with the headdresses and everything like that, and it was really cool, man. That's something I would like to do again as a, as an adult because if it enthralled me that much, if it like captured my attention that much as a kid, that I couldn't imagine what it would do to me now as an adult, you know. Uh, so and there's a lot of things I'd like to do now as an adult. Like I'd like to get back down south again at some point in time and visit all the the missions there around San Antonio and stuff and and all like that. Just because you know I, I saw them as a kid and I remembered being uh, you know interested in them as a kid, but like it, it wasn't like what it would be now. You know now it's like oh wow this is actually really cool. Whereas a kid I'm like. Uh, are there any toys in here for me to buy? But no, there's no yeah. toys. Well, this is kind of neat though. But you know, I'm ready to go now. Whenever you guys are, because it's kind of hot, and I'm ready. To, I'm just ready to get back in the car and get in the air conditioning or something like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you've been you've been burning through Dresden files. I know that's a bad segue in into Dresden files, but <laughs> that's what but I thought we'd be I, talking about today. Actually, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of the same here. And I just I just wanted to let you go, man. I was I was like, man, like I, Michael's Michael's telling me some good stuff right now. Just just keep going, buddy. But I, I do want to get a little bit of Dresden files talk in here, just just because. Uh, like I know I know that you're you're in cold days, and you said you've got three hours left in the book right yeah and you told me a couple of weeks ago that one of these books was going to show the connections and then the last two books um uh ghost story was the one i just finished and then cold days yeah it really shows how there's a line of events from the very first book leading to what's happening now and i'm like 
you you've been saying that, but when I when it clicked in my head, it just kind of like blew my mind. Um, what's going on with the story of Harry Dresden? Man, it's intense. And it why is, I man. Love it, man. Is like Pierce Brown when I he talks about writing. He's like, you have to escalate the tension, constantly escalate it. And yeah, this book is nothing but tension. I no, mean, ex- exactly. The cold days get, is yeah. Go oh, ahead. Oh no, no. I was just gonna say you're you're right. Cold days is nothing but tension. Like it basically. St- starts at the beginning and you're constantly moving throughout the entire book every time every time he turns around okay he gets attacked by somebody they try to kill him he somehow survives he gets to take a breath and here comes somebody else trying to kill him it's oh yeah and it's and it's it, 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 whatever whenever you explain it, it kind of sounds like it might be overdone, but it makes sense in the book. Like you're like because yeah. he has all these people in in the the occupation that he has now in his in his role. Hey, I, you know what, man? That book is what like five six years old. We could probably go ahead and say what his occupation is. I've been kind of trying to keep it quiet because I didn't want to yeah. spoil anything for you. The closer uh, we get to uh, the end. The more and more hesitant I am to spoil because I'm, I'm hoping more people have jumped on and started reading through them because yeah, that's true. It's getting really intense. It is leading to something. I read the other day that somewhere that the word is, and you actually told me something that blew my mind the other day too. Um, but first, the thing, okay, he's always planned the the Dresden Files books to be about twenty books. And then I saw something that I had not ever heard. He's planning a f- to end it all. There'll be like a three volume apocalyptic scenario uh, trilogy that that ends the whole the whole thing. Now I, oh, I don't yeah. know how accurate that is. And then you told me that he's starting to think about working on a one involving Dresden's uh, daughter. Yeah, I've heard that, and I've actually heard him say in an interview that he is going to base a whole nother series over uh, a character that you don't know yet, so I'm going to shut up right there because I just now realized that, and I'm like, you know what? No, that guy doesn't get introduced into the next book, so I'm just going to cut that off right there. <laughs> so you want to know something really weird, how don't, much don't. Dresden Files has taken, not taken over, but because, as you can see, I'm I'm obsessed with other things too, but I'm I'm so obsessed with this that I actually had a dream about the Dresden Files the other night. And it wasn't that I was dreaming about the story. I was dreaming about the books. And I dreamed that, oh, my God, I dreamed in my head that, did you know that the Dresden Files were actually a spinoff from a 31-volume series on Johnny Marcone? <laughs> oh, like, wow. And I'm like, wow, that would, that be, would cool. be a really interesting <laughs> series, each book from his perspective. Oh, yeah. That would be that. Uh, I would dig that, man. Just because, like, I'm actually because he's he's the villain that you don't just love to hate, but you love him and hate him because he does have uh, he has a moral code that he goes by. Yeah, and I just mean, as and, and just as soon as you want to hate him for some action, he does something that you're like, oh man, he is a good guy after all. Like, like and in then, one book, one book, he's like. Hey, what about the girl? 
And Dresden, you know, Dresden, the hero, had totally forgotten about Lily. He's oh, like, yeah. No, the girl. Let's take care of the girl. He has, he does have a, a, a human part <laughs> to him that, because it involves kids. Anything involving kids, he's, he's, a, he's there, you know. Seems oh, like. yeah. Um, yeah, I'm loving it. He's a great writer. Um, to the two books coming up, it's it's the one of my favorite scenes, and is when he everything he goes and calls upon Mother Winter, which was very intense because she pretty much almost killed him, and then Mother Summer shows up. Yeah, and should we show him? What's really happening? Oh, and, yeah, and they like, take him to the gates. They take him to the gates, and the gatekeeper from the White Council is there. And I'm like, oh my god, this has been going on the entire time. Butcher's been setting this up because it oh, all yeah. makes sense now. Yeah, because the gatekeeper makes his first appearance. I think in like the is it? Yeah, it's the fourth book, uh, Summer Night, where he's working. You know, for for the Winter Queen trying to f- solve a murder. Yeah. And you meet the gatekeeper. He's actually got the title at that time as the gatekeeper. And you just think that it's just an honorary title of whatever. But no, it's an actual real occupation. Yeah. And that, there's, the, there's, oh, the, yeah, there's also the one where he shows up. Dresden's on trial again for something. And he shows up. And his opinion is so important. And he's so respected that when he says something, people, it's kind of hard to argue with him. Yeah, he, it's like what, yeah, you, you, well, and, you know, as you can tell, it, Butcher sets him up really well because uh, whenever, whenever the gatekeeper says something, whenever he speaks, you know, it's a very well thought out uh, response to whatever it is that he's giving his opinion to or whatever. So I think that's kind of one of the reasons why they kind of heed that, but yet also with the occupation, with the title that he has, you know, he's got to be one powerful son of a gun, man. If that's the case, he's probably, I would say with the occupation, and of course you don't know for sure because they'll never tell you. Obviously the guy who's like in charge of the white council that they refer to as the Merlin as their honorary title or whatever, the leader of the white council he, you know, obviously he's powerful, but I would almost think that probably the gatekeeper would either be as powerful or more powerful than the Merlin because of the occupation that he has. You think he'd have to be? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah, man. His, that 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 whole thing. And you were talking about that being like one of your your favorite parts of the book and all like this. I've got one of mine that I've told you before, and I'm going to read the excerpt from it. And it's, uh, you know, I love all the characters, but probably my two main favorite characters out of the entire series, uh, probably would be number one would be Michael, the, uh, mm-hmm. the one that Harry likes to refer to as the fist of God. Yeah. <clears throat> and number two would be Karen, uh, Murphy, you know, the, yeah. the police lady. I, I love her character, man. Absolutely love her character. And I love the way Butcher describes her whenever Harry looks upon her with his, you know, wizard sight, which yeah. is, you know, for those that aren't reading the books yet, it's his, I say yet because I hope that we get you into reading them. 
But, uh, you know, he, he, it's a special site that wizards have to where they can see kind of like the flows of magic and see who people truly are. And so whenever he looks upon her, she's basically a guardian angel, you know, she, you know, and I love the way he describes her with like, you know, a tattered robe with like wounds and things like that, but shining brilliantly with her glory and all like this. And oh man, it just, it like, it almost gets me emotional <laughs> a little bit because I'm just like, man, it's gotta be like, you, like the way it just, it just describes it is, is like I said, just absolutely beautiful. Well, but one of my favorite, I'm sorry, oh, what's up? But in changes when she wields one of the three swords. That's exactly what I was getting at just then. Like, oh yeah. No, you yeah go, man. Is that where you're going to read from? Yep, that's exactly okay. what I was going to read from. There's a setup. Because I've got that passage saved. Oh, what's it now? No, that's the. I just helped you with the setup there. Oh, yeah. That was so, so, so amazing. Oh, yeah. And changes. The, 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 for those of you that read the books, you know that there's three swords of God uh, the, that are sent to, to Earth to battle the forces of evil, for lack of a better term, right? Yeah, each one uh, has a nail from the crucifixion. Each one has a nail from the crucifixion. They, they're the swords, the three swords are faith, hope, and love. It's Amarachius, Esperachius, and Fetalachius. And he had chosen Murphy to wield Fetalachius for this one battle against the Red Court of Vampires. And there's a point in in uh Dresden and 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 the uh and the book changes and I won't give you the rest of the setup because you need to read the books because especially changes in itself changes probably is my favorite book just because there is so much that goes on it's a great book it is such it's a great book it's such a dramatic book like especially like the whole like last like 45 minutes to it i guess it would probably be like the last like five or six chapters yeah. of the actual book like it's just so dramatic and it just keeps going you just don't want to stop and then whenever it does stop you're like oh my god i got to get in on the on the next book because this can't end this way like how did this just end like this uh but there's a a part in 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 changes that I'm going to read real fast. That is probably like one of the one of it is. I'm not going to say one of. I will say this is my favorite written word out of any book. A uh, piece of I'll say. Uh, uh, is it fiction? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because nonfiction is truth, <laughs> and and fiction Supposedly. is is supposed is, to be. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be. So uh, any written piece of fiction. And it's uh, Murphy, and she wields one of the she she draws one of the swords to go attack basically the king of the vampires. Yeah, and uh, she is overcome by uh, what is you're basically led to believe is an angel. She's not really in control of her own body, mm-hmm. and she says this. <clears throat> I'm going to back away from the microphone so that way I don't blow it out. So. False gods, pretenders, usurpers of truth, destroyers of families, of faith, of lives, of children, for your crimes against the Mayans, against the peoples of the world, now you will answer. Your time has come. Face judgment almighty. And I get chill bumps reading that, dude. Like, I get absolute chill bumps reading that because, like, and it's, I think it's the, it's, it's just, you know, it's a great freaking speech, man. And it's like, dude, she is going in there to kick butt at that point in time. And I guess I probably should have let in with the description of her. She's probably like, what, like five foot one, five foot five, maybe somewhere in there. Yeah. 
She's a, she's a very tiny woman, but she's a very kick butt, very 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 strong character, very strong woman, and it's like I I read this character and I'm like awesome, and, and in fact I, I'll I'll throw this out to you, and I've done this comparison before, just kind of like to myself, and I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this before or not, but whenever I I kind of compare them to uh, Star Wars, to characters in Star Wars. Uh, <coughs> Oh yeah, like uh, oh yeah, like Ebenezer is your Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, right. He 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 is your Obi Wan. He is the one who trained uh, uh, Harry. He, but I don't look at Harry as 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 Luke Skywalker. No, because H- Harry is more of like Han Solo, yeah. right? Yeah, where he's always you know he's 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 going to do the right thing. But just like Han Solo, sometimes he needs some coaxing to get to do that right thing. Yeah. And so enter Mouse, the dog of it. Granted, he doesn't come in until about like the sixth or seventh book. But enter Mouse, who is now your Chewbacca. who The, the demon. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> who is, and changes. Who is, and, or it in changes when the two uh, yeah. red vampire assassins. Oh, the demon's getting oh. near. And Harry's like, what? Oh, yeah. He's glowing. He glows (laughs) this blue. He he can talk. but Oh, yeah. He'd never paid attention to him enough before or something like that? Oh, dude. Well, Molly can understand what he says. Yeah. I tell you, man. Mouse, the the interactions with Harry and Mouse have probably given me more uh, emotional outbursts (laughs) than any other thing in the world. Being a dog lover. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I was I was gonna say that might have been just because of my uh, attack attaction uh, attaction uh, 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 attachment. That's the word I'm looking for. Attachment that I had with my dog, mm-hmm. uh, and and the way that she acted, and I saw and how like mouse acted or how mouse acts in the book. So I kind of like maybe I've read that into like either a Dresden or B into my dog herself. But uh, yeah, man, like. Uh, I I forgot what I was. Oh yeah, I was doing the the, the comparing Wars, the, yeah. the Star Wars. So Karen Murphy is your Luke Skywalker. Yeah, who is who is going to do the right thing no matter what it takes. She has a moral code that she will not break. Yeah, she is going to she is going to uphold the law whether she's working for the law or not. She's going to always uphold the law and she's never going to bend from that. She's always going to walk that line. That is your Luke Skywalker. Uh. Molly being your Princess Leia. She is a very, very strong woman character. She does have her flaws, but again, she's always going to, she's going to do what she thinks is right, whether that be the actual right and legal way of doing things. She's going to act in her way that she thinks is right. Yeah. And, and, and that makes more sense whenever you get introduced fully to the character of Molly. There's actually a, an entire book basically based on her where she becomes a main character instead of a, a secondary, like ancillary character. Uh, let's see here. I've got, I've got Luke and, and of course I, I don't really have uh, a Michael as, uh, associated to a, uh, a character from star Wars, even though he is one, like I said, he is, he is my number one favorite. But you know, I could I can totally see like those main characters from the book being based on characters from Star Wars. Yeah. And Butcher being the fan that he is of of pop culture of things like 
Star Wars and uh, of of comics. I was going to say I was going to specifically say uh, Spider Man because he does reference uh, us. You know, the Tao of Peter Parker is is yeah. brought up in actually one of the books. You know, uh, but yeah, I could I could totally see him kind of basing those character types. Maybe it's an archetype or something like that. But maybe you know he could base those character types on those you know those characters on those character types and uh you know it's it's just it's 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 just i don't know man i guess i was trying to think of who i could put in for r2 and 3po uh i don't know that 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 had to take a little bit more thinking i never really thought of of who i'd put in place for r2 and 3po oh um doesn't he he calls somebody 3PO in one of the last books I just read. He does, and I cannot think of who it is. Was it Butters? Because, uh, no, no, it wasn't. It was uh, Bob. Bob. Bob, I think. Yeah, it was Bob. Yeah, I can totally see Bob no, being 3PO. Bob. Bob, yeah, you're right. Because when he goes and he visits, <laughs> he gets to go into the skull. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, Harry's dead, everybody. Oh my God! That 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 book, the transition between changes and ghost story. I was so nervous the entire time reading it. Cause oh yeah! They, um, spoiler, uh, I just did it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Harry gets <laughs> shot and killed at the end of Changes, <laughs> and it it destroyed me so oh, yeah. much. And <laughs> yeah. I, I immediately start the next book, and it's like, yep, he's dead. I'm like, how the heck are you going to... Well, Butcher has his nice ways, and it's nice when you can play with supernatural and uh, magical yeah. forces that he can find ways to do things. But it's like you told me, how emotional was the end of that book when he was saying, at the end of Ghost Story, when he was oh, shown, man. he was shown you can either come work for me, this archangel, or you can go through this doorway, which no one knows what's we on the other side. We don't know where it goes. Yeah. Yeah, even you don't know what's on the say or doesn't know. It's like it's darkness, and you go into that. And oh yeah, he says, "Okay, you got to let me do these three things. I need to know how my brother's okay. I need to know did he go visit Murphy? Uh, I think he did go visit. Did he go visit Murphy? I don't think he did because he was actually working with Murphy, and he got to talk with her. That's right. He that's never right. got he to talk to her. He, his yeah, closure he, with yeah. her, but he went to see his daughter. And Mouse. Oh my God! Oh my God! And he Dude, wasn't supposed to me. know where the daughter was, but the, yeah. the scene is like, who are these guys? All these guys, with machine Dude. guns, all oh. around the, the Michael's house. Oh, they're oh, <laughs> they're the guardian think, angels. You don't that, think Michael's oh, done enough to earn a few guardian angels to watch over him? That you said you told Murphy to take him to the safe, hurt the daughter to the safest place there is. There's nowhere safer than this house now. Oh, dude. <laughs> And whatever, like what what got me? What got me was whenever they started describing the the, the house that they popped up out front of, and they just started. And he started with the white picket fence. As soon as he said white picket fence, the freaking waterworks started for yeah. Dave. Right, yeah. like uh, that was it. Like I was like, because I, I was saying like I hope they took her to Michael's because that's where she belongs. Because she'll she'll be raised there. She'll be protected from the guardian angels. Because you already knew that she had guardian that they already had guardian angels around the place and stuff like that. That they were going to keep you know the the denarians out but man like oh dude whenever he, whenever he started describing the place and he said you know he said the white picket fence and that's whenever i lost it dude i started tearing up at that mm-hmm. point in time but dude whenever he gets into 
you know, him going into her actual room. Yeah. And Mouse and Mouse stirs and can see him and like yeah. starts wagging his tail and gets all excited. I dude, I lost it. I absolutely especially after, you know, the passing of my dog. Like I absolutely lost it yeah. at that point. To to the point to where I was at work and I had to hide my face and I had to walk off the floor for a little bit because I was having like <laughs> yeah. I was I was having a time for Dave and I was like, dude, I got I gotta get off the floor just for a second. I can't handle this right now. I'm, I might have to fast forward this through this book but i i can't do this right now so i had to walk out the floor to listen to the rest of this part and then i walked back out and it was just like oh my goodness man oh yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah i'm ready to be caught up and i'm ready for the next two books to get dropped this year oh yeah and the thing is he always puts him in such a pickle that well even if he succeeds on this mission he's still in a jam Oh yeah, you know. Oh gosh, yeah. Because of his occupation all together, he's in a jam. And and then the next book. Just wait for this next. Just wait for what he's doing in the next book, man. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like I said, as soon as I finish that, I'm starting that one. What are you? What's your game plan? Are you going to try to burn through them again, or you just have you already already done that? You did a killer of the fire moon. I did. I did Killers of the Flower Moon, and like I went on. Uh, I went and did the thing where I bought three more credits from uh, from Audible, so I had a total of four credits for this last month. Oh, nice! And so, oh yeah, so I I, I picked up uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. I picked up uh, uh, what was it? I picked up uh, I I got the Rise of Skywalker book. Yeah, uh, the extended version. And then uh, what else? What was the other book that I got? There was another book that I got. Oh, I got the Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Okay. So uh, I, I finished up Harry Potter, which was an, a, a fascinating series. I absolutely love that series. And then I jumped from that and, and went and uh, jumped back into Dresden and started reading Blood Rites. And then I, I I didn't know what other books to get. I'd already gotten the, the, the Rise of Skywalker expanded edition but whenever i got rise of skywalker expanded edition i got killers of the flower moon so i jumped on i was like you know what i'm gonna read killers of the flower moon first just to see what it is and then i got into that book and i got so wrapped up in that book i couldn't stop on it i interrupt you but i was how did you discover that book because i'm always fascinated how people find things i was actually turned on to that book by another person so i just was like you know what okay cool and uh i was i i i found that you know i was i was turned on to that book and i was like okay yeah i'll read this they i, I really respect this per- person's opinion <coughs> and, on stuff like that and i was like you know what i'm going to i'm going to give this a go and see what it's like and and plus i'd read a little bit about it and i was like this does sound like a pretty interesting story but then i didn't realize i was going to be that wrapped up in it you know and so i burned through killers of the flower moon and uh and I actually put Star Wars on hold. So yeah. I, I, <laughs> if that gives you any idea, like I was like, oh, I got to do this first. So I burned through Killers of the Flower Moon. And since I was almost, I was like halfway through with Blood Rites, uh, you know, the Dresden Files books, I'm back on Blood Rites now, trying to finish through Blood Rites. And then I'm going to go to uh, Star Wars, <laughs> the expanded edition of Rise of Skywalker. And then I'm going to jump back on Dresden. And I'm probably just going to go ahead and bank like this next month's credit because for me to, for me to finish the rest of Dresden before, uh, the next book comes out, I've got to, I've got to, I got to do some serious, I got to do some serious burning through on those books. Kind of like what you've done here recently, but yeah, you, you know, nine books so- between blood rides and, <sighs> Skin or, oh yeah. yeah 
Oh yeah, I can do it. You know, I can, I can, I can get through one book, uh, more than one book a week if I'm totally like able to, to just kind of like sit there and focus on on work and 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 listening to a book. So uh, I'll have no problem with that. But yeah, man, it's, it's gonna be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was. Yeah, man, I'm I'm, I'm freaking excited. I, I'm I'm ready for the next Dresden book, but I'm. Uh, I'm, uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at like what I've got ahead of me with the, with the books that I get to listen to for the next couple of weeks before, uh, before the, uh, before the, the, the peace talks actually comes out and I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is going to be super awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I grabbed Pierce Brown's second graphic novel on the sons of Aries story. I haven't read that yet. I'm holding on. Oh, you did? Okay. I'm waiting on that. Um, I saw a tweet about by him the other day about how he, uh, I guess he's working hard on another bu- book because he's like the last two hundred pages I just wrote I wrote all listening to nothing but folk music, which <laughs> is interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, no kidding. And uh, hopefully that means that it's good and and good news for our loved characters and stuff like that instead of bad somber news for for our beloved characters because man yeah i can't it. take another book like dark age <laughs> oh, oh <God. laughs> i can't no. <laughs> i can't take another book like dark age man I, I almost feel like writing pierce brown and being like look dude i love you and i love your writing you don't know me but yes i do love you i've got like a superman crusher on you but i can't take another d- book like dark age so please don't give me another book like dark age please let my 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 beloved characters be okay could happen yeah Oh my God! Hell, yeah. yeah, I have not. Re- I'm gonna do that again because I'll probably wait. I'll probably wait yeah. to start Red Riding until I know that the next series is coming out. I mean, the next book is coming well, out, and then I'll do that. Yeah, I don't want to do. I don't want to go through Dark Age again. Like you I said, do, I, I, I don't, just don't want to. Um, I just I, I love the book. It's it's great. Oh yeah, it's it's a great book, and I and I started it like because I was going back through the Red Rising series again before I before I I started back up on the Dresden Files, and I got to Dark Age, and I just was like, you know what, man? I, I emotionally I cannot go through this book right now. No. I cannot go through this book right now emotionally, so I just cannot do this. And it kind of gave me a break because I'd actually had started it. I was going to do it. And then uh, something about my Audible app kind of screwed up, and it said, "You know what? You know, you you don't want to start this right now." And and I guess it like, I guess it was just fate because I'd started it, and then I left work that day and came back to go the next day and hit play on it, and it had taken me all the way back to the beginning of the book, and I was like, "Man, I was already like a good three or four hours into the book, and I didn't want to have to run back through all that, but I wasn't exactly sure where I was. So I was just like, you know what, man, I'm good. I'm good. I can just go ahead and I'll just, I'll just start Dresden right now. And I'd already downloaded, I'd already downloaded, uh, uh, Stormfront. So I just picked, I just hit play on Stormfront and that's where I went. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. I don't have to listen to <laughs> that's giving me the, the go ahead to skip Dark Age right now. So I did. I skipped Dark Age because I just, yeah, There's like another, I said, it's, it was just too much to handle. Speaking of something you've been waiting for, um, waiting for the next Pierce Brown book, waiting for the next Expanse book, the next book by Patrick Rothfuss. I've what I could not verify this myself. I saw yeah. a little news thing said, "Oh, Amazon leaks release date for Doors of Stone." 
And I was like, oh, what? Really? Well, I've got to read this. And I, I, it, they showed a screen capture. said, Patrick Roth is Georgia Stone, August 2020. When I went and searched Amazon, I could not find that. So it's probably it, it probably got taken down. If it was real, if it was really yeah. an Amazon, because an Amazon's done that before. They've leaked in for Yeah, I was about to say. Um, yeah, they've, they've done that even on Star Wars stuff before where they weren't supposed to. And they're like, oops, sorry. And it's like, did you really do that by accident? Or was this like an actual like contemplated, like, we're going to release this and be like, oops, sorry, guys. But it was actually all set up by like the publishers and all like this type of good stuff. Yeah. Kind of makes you wonder. Kind of makes you wonder. You so know? I'm, I'm fingers uh, crossed that it's real, which means I really want to go back through and uh, yeah. see that. Um, if you look at, uh, those books are so long. Yeah. Yeah. They are. They are long. They are long. If you look at, uh, just go to Google, type in Patrick Rothfuss doors of stone. It'll bring up a, on my, uh, browser. At least it brings up a little snapshot from inverse.com entertainment. And it's, it has, it will take you to an article about the doors of stone. And the rumor is on the street that it is August, 2020. That's like, not just that one place. Other people are saying it. If you scroll down, you scroll down the lovely artwork of uh, at the very top, then you see that bearded, hairy mess of Patrick Rothfuss himself. <laughs> and then you see, it looks like it's at least, God, that looks like a 700-something page stack of paper with a t- typing on it by his keyboard. Yeah. Oh, they've even... Uh... See, I pulled it up on Google, and they've even got an image of what the the cover art is, or whatever. Really? Yeah, and it's it's. I don't know how actual it is, but it says, "Yeah, Doors of Stone book by Patrick Rothfuss." Yeah, that was posted two days ago, I guess. And my last little tidbit shows. of news is Severo's pregnant. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, I think slobber. I think Slobbers is pregnant also, my cat. Oh, so. man. I was like, dang it. What am I going to do? Yeah. What am I going to do? Anybody want a kitten? You live in North Texas? I'll, <laughs> I'll buy you. I'll give you $20 to take <laughs> right? a kitten pretty soon. And it's yeah. so, she's, the reason we hadn't got her fixed yet is because she's so small and young still. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah. Somehow, and we had decided we're going to go take her to the vet. But that was yeah. a couple of months ago when all the world went nuts and we couldn't do that. And then next thing you know, yep. it's like, why, why is she looking so big in the belly? And it's like, yeah. oh no. So yeah. 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 We got that to look forward yeah, to. That's, that's kind of, that's kind of like mine. I didn't even realize mine was even old enough to do that yet, but she's, she's like seven months old now. I think oh, yeah, she's definitely old enough. She, yeah, she showed up in about September, but she's so tiny. I was like, there's no way she's old enough just because she's still so small. But uh, apparently not because it sure heck looks like she might be carrying kittens in there. So I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Mm. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I like kittens anyways. They're adorable. They are so. adorable. And, and there's so many blasted stray cats around here. <laughs> like I, it's probably not a good thing. So she's going to get fixed as soon as this litter comes out. But, uh, you never listen so, to Bob Barker. So get their pets made and neutered. I know it. I, you, you, and I, I like the prices, right? But you know, 
It's just, you know, I I know it, right, dude? I just felt like he was telling me like how I should eat my Cheerios and that wasn't cool, man. Yeah. It's it's like, you know, it's like like you were saying earlier, those headstrong Texans, you know, the the can't tell us to do something. You tell us to do it, and we just automatically want to, nope, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm not going to do that. Nope, but you tell us, even you tell us we can't do something, we're like, guess what, dude? Yeah, we're going to do that. Uh, so. Even if it's in your own best interest. <laughs> I know it, right? Yeah, but, oh, and one other thing I want to touch on before we before we get done here. Uh, we had a little anniversary thing on Friday, or I'm sorry, not on Friday. I think it was Thursday, whatever day the 21st was. I think that was on Thursday. It was the 40th anniversary of the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So I just wanted to talk about that just, just a wee little yeah. bit because like I can, I can distinctly remember going to see the Empire Strikes Back because it was the first movie I ever saw in movie theaters. Like I can distinctly remember going to see that with my brother and my parents. I don't think. Yeah, my, no, I was, I was about to say, I don't think, my sister wasn't born yet. She uh, she was uh, still cooking inside my mom at the time. So she was there. Um, yeah, so she was there. So she was still cooking inside my mom at the time. But, uh, no, yeah, yeah, she was. No, wait. You know what? She wasn't born till 81. So, no, she oh, okay. wasn't cooking inside my mom yet. So she was just, I don't even think she was an idea at the time. But anyways, we uh, I do remember going to see it, and we saw it in Denton, up on the square at the old campus theater. I want to say it was up there at the old campus theater, because uh, I, I distinctly remember the lights of the marquee, and that was the only place in town that had like the the really cool marquee like that. And uh, I, I'm not sure if we saw it on opening night because I was four at the time, and I just turned four. But I do remember it was at night because I do remember it being dark because I do remember the marquee being nice and lit up. And I do remember seeing that. And I remember being awake for most of the movie. There were parts that I did fall asleep in, but I distinctly remember being awake for the line that shocked the world of, no, I am your father. Yeah. And being a four-year-old Dave going, that's not possible. It's not there possible. There is no way. Yeah, there is no way that that was possible because he was the ultimate evil and Luke was the ultimate good, and there's no way that Darth Vader was his daddy. Uh, I just remember being so shocked by that and was in such disbelief for the next three years that even whenever I saw Return of the Jedi, I was like, no, that's still not true. I don't know. I don't know what they're talking about because this is just a bunch of crap. This is this can't be possible. But you still, but yeah. you still loved it. Uh, oh God, yeah. Even though it's, people are it's still, still pooping themselves over the fact that Ray's a Palpatine, <laughs> people, I keep seeing people have this, this such a negative, angry reaction to it, and I just laugh. I'm like, could it have been different? Yeah, but come on, <laughs> it's it's done. It's what it is, and get on with your life. You got what you got, man. Yeah. If you don't like it, you don't like it. it. You don't have to find something else to love. Don't waste your energy being so upset. Exactly. And that's what that dude, that's, he he just said the magic words that, uh, that, that nobody understands for whatever reason of like, don't waste your energy being upset. That's, that's, that's a pointless use in energy. So if you're upset by it, 
find something else. If if you're upset by it, just love the original trilogy. Love yeah. the ones that you love, and that's the be be done with it. You can sit there and imagine that the that the sequel movies never happened. You can sit there and imagine that the prequel movies never happened. Whatever you want to do, man, that's that's totally fine. You don't have to be a fan of all nine movies no. to sit there and say that you love Star Wars, yeah. man. It's a it's a big enough universe now. If you just love the Mandalorian, that's fine because that's totally fine. (laughs) Baby Yoda is your favorite character. That's totally fine, man. I you know nobody's gonna. If somebody does hate on you for it, then just tell them to shut up, man. Yeah. Like it just yeah. Or use some other little more strong language. Stand up for yourself. No one can tell you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody can tell you what you love and what what not to love. Yeah, to be honest, use that use that use that energy for something else. Be creative with that energy or something yeah, like that. To, you know? to be honest, you know, I'm a other than the Star Wars, my my favorite, and maybe even more. I might have even had more love for Indiana Jones the the movies. Um, is right there on par. Um, to be honest, I didn't really like when I first saw the Crystal Skull. I wasn't really thrilled with it. Um, yeah. going back and watching it, I watched it last year again. I'm like, okay, I'm over the things that initially bothered me about it. And, but I, but I didn't start hating. I didn't go out and start yelling at people like, how dare you ruin my star, <laughs> War, my Indiana Jones. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. Okay. This is what they're going to do. This is. That's what used to get me was on how people used to say, make claims of you raped my childhood with the, with the, you know, the, with how, uh, uh, the prequels came out, you know, that was, that was, that was a popular saying at that point in time is people would, people would always say that George Lucas raped their childhood because of the way that the prequels came out. And, and I'm, first I, of I all, used to sit there. first of all, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it's like, dude, if that's the worst thing that's ever happened in your life, then you've had a pretty stinking good life. If, don't let a movie, don't let a movie, something mm-hmm. set here for your entertainment. Oh, Dave, you can say that. I can say childhood. that. But the more and yeah. more, and I, I'm so distanced right now from most of the internet, you know, social media culture. Oh, yeah. I'm so sick of all the, even people I love, the stuff they say, I'm like, Okay, I'm glad I should listen to everything you say and you're the you're the one. You're the you're the second yes. coming. You're the one that has all the knowledge and you can <laughs> you know, I've got lots of questions for you if you can answer that. Tell me all the answers to this cuz Oh, this yeah. isn't that easy. Life is a little bit more complicated <laughs> and I I watch things. I like getting meaning and stuff out of stuff that I watch and enjoy and read. But mostly it's just an escape. Yeah. And I don't really, I don't care why the bombs drop out of the spaceships in space. I can figure out <laughs> it's either magic or they're using magnetism. I, I'm not going to nitpick why yeah. they're actual or the, bombs. Or they have, yeah, or they have thrusters on the bombs. Nobody ever even thought about that. You know, it could have a little thruster that pushes it down. It could be, it could be on a, it could be on a, and, and it's just like, well, things like in space, like they don't run the, engines on the shuttle non-stop because no. even though space 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 you're weightless in space but yet once you develop that inertia you're going to keep moving with that inertia yeah. so you know it, it's it's like it, i don't know man like it's it's like if it's if it's on a conveyor and it's forced downward 
then guess where that's trajectory trajectory is going to keep taking it once it pierces that that gravity well of that spaceship is still going to go in that same direction. It's not just going to stop there because there's nothing, there's no friction to stop it from moving forward. Yeah. yeah. So therefore it's going to continuously carry in that direction until it hits something. Well, just like even in the, even in the expanse, they mentioned, yeah, they mentioned something in the expanse about when they fire off a missile and they're like, well, what's that going to do? They're like, well, it's going to keep going until it hits something. Yeah. You know, well, that's what they did with the astro, the the big rocks out in space. Yeah. That's how they destroyed Earth. They just put a little, all they had to do is a little thrust. And if you have it, the math worked out perfectly. <laughs> Guess what? They were able to just push it, and it it got sucked down the gravity well and destroyed everything. Destroyed? Oh, that's yeah. still one. Of, oh, yeah. I know this is getting long, but that's still one of the most out of the right field, just surprising things I've ever in a book hit me. Oh yeah, was when that happened, and Amos was on the ground at the prison talking oh, to Peaches, yeah. and I'm like. I, it's another one of those moments I just stopped. It's like they they just destroyed Earth. Yeah, they killed ninety that's, percent that's, of everybody on Earth. My goodness! Oh, yeah, dude. I I tell you, man, and like that's that's another thing I'm kind of looking forward to because I told myself like after after all my forthcoming books are released that I'm really looking forward to, and that means the two Dresden books. One in June and one in September. After that one releases in September, I might do it after June. It just depends on what type of lull I'm I'm in with with my books. I might start going back. I, I am going to go back through uh, the Expanse once again. Yeah. Just because I, I I want a refresher on it, and I don't know when that that final Expanse book is coming out. And I would like to be in a place to where I can be like, okay, well, I'm going to run through the entire Expanse novels before that last one drops because it's, I just want to do it. I like doing that with books yeah. because it keeps the story so fresh in my mind that I can go like, Oh, well, this is what's happened in the past. And now we're at this point, And so I know all the stuff that's led up to it. And I've only read the expanse novels one time through on each of them. So I was like, you know what, man, that's the next one. That's the next one that I'm going to go back through on a read through on is the expanse, especially like I, I mean, it'd be fabulous if that last uh, fat, uh, uh, expanse novel drops this it year. Could. It could, it'd be awesome. But you know, we'll see. Yeah, it'll be all. It'll, it'll like it, I'm. I'm just excited to get to go back through the expanse novels one more time because I haven't done it in so long, and I've been reading. I've been reading the show. Been watching the show again. And that's the series I really like, but I keep forgetting about it. And since it's an hour long, I don't like watching it during the week. Blah, 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 blah. It's like a weekend show for me type yeah. thing. So, yeah. They, did a, yeah, they man. did a good job on it on the last season. They did. And I, they're already, they did. There's already stuff in the news popping up about the next season. I mean, it could come as yeah, late and, as, as uh, this fall, maybe. Still says 2020 yeah. to be announced for the unnamed final oh, okay. expanse novel. Yeah, but it does say 2020, so that should be pretty stinking cool. Yeah, that's pretty tight. <sighs> but yeah, I bet your butt's sore. It, it is kind of, but I was able to stand up a minute ago. That's what's awesome about like that's what that's the good thing about not having you here. Even though looking at your empty chair is just depressing. Yeah, uh, well, but I, you, I I do have. A, I, did you know that Nick sent my wife a message the other day? 
Oh, really? Huh? I miss hearing your husband's voice through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, she said, just say this. I'm like, I'm like, what? She's like, no, he just sent me this message. Then I miss hearing your husband's voice coming through my wall. <laughs> so thank you. It sounds kind of dirty almost. And I'm just like, <laughs> only to you, only to you always step. Yeah. Only, only to me. So, so since we had the, since we had the 40th anniversary, we'll be coming up on the 40th anniversary of Indiana Jones next year. Yay. But do you have, do you, do you have any, do you have any memories from going and seeing uh, Empire Strikes Back in theaters or did you get to go see no, it? No, I did Strikes get to go Back see it. Uh, I don't think I went to that same theater you did. It was in Denton, though. The one on University, I'm pretty sure, was in functioning. Then. Okay, yeah. Um, that's usually where we saw movies. I just remember being yeah. bored by it. Flabbergasted. Oh, yeah. It's like, wow, this can't be it. And we've talked about it before. It's like, as soon as the Scholastic, uh, I was able to get the, the novelization, I was like, my eyes were, were glued to the, the, the story. Over and over, just to go over it again and again, and get to relive oh, yeah. it. That's such that's such a good story too, and that's what that's what gets me also is that Empire Strikes Back. The Empire Strikes Back, whenever it was released, was hated. Yeah, people could not stand the Empire Strikes Back, and then now it's revered as the you best get one. to. Yeah, I was about to say. Now you get to forty years later, and it's so many people's favorite movie. It's my it's my favorite movie, and it's just because there's so much character building in it. You know, it used to be looked at as as the boring one because like you got had all the battle sequences at the beginning of the movie, but just some of the musical cues in it, like especially like whenever they're flying through the asteroid field, the bum 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 bum. I still think bum, the last Jedi is gonna have so that beautiful. same growth arc with people looking back over time as they sit down and watch the whole saga and then they get to the force awakens they watch that they watch last jedi and then they watch the rise of skywalker and then there some people are gonna be like oh hey that wasn't as bad as i thought it was i think yeah i think it's already being rehabilitated because and just, just yeah, oh yeah, just give it some time, and I'm sure, I'm sure it will. It, eventually, people will come around and and be like, you know what, I actually do like this movie a lot. It's actually pretty thinking good. I like what Ruin Johnson did to uh, it. Ryan know? Johnson's got something going for her. Maybe, maybe I should watch another <laughs> right. one. Of, what's another movie? He's got yeah. Knives Out. What's yeah. this? It's like, oh yeah. Have you seen Knives Out yet? I still haven't seen Knives Out yet, it. man. I need to do that. It's, it's a, it's, yeah, I might do that tonight. He's good. I mean, the dude is talented. I mean, I don't care. Yeah. I, I, I don't know a movie I've seen by him that I didn't enjoy. And that's a that's a good yeah. one. Oh, yeah. Oh, heck. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. I think that's going to do it. I think so. I can't think of anything else that I wanted to touch on. And we are running at an hour and 31 minutes right now, so we should probably give everybody a time off and stuff like that i mean if you want me to go so on for 10 we... minutes about how our our schools have misled us into thinking about settlement of north america we should have always been thinking about <laughs> the spanish settlement first and then how the english was kind of a reaction to everything spain was doing and grabbing hold of everything but i could go on about that and how you should be considering more about peoples to the south instead of relegating them to just south of the border and they're not that important we <laughs> i could go on about that for a little while but I mean, I I got I really got no problem with it, but I don't have the energy. <laughs> but yeah, I was about to say, even though my butt was, even though I said that I got to stand up a minute ago, my butt is getting kind of tired. I'm standing up too. Chair, I just so. I realized I can stand up. I can, if I wanted to, I, I could it. unplug I, my laptop and walk around the house. 
and that's and that's what stinks, man. Is I've got this I've got this boom arm that I've been using, uh, and but I don't have the ca- uh, well. You, my table is so messy right now. I'll send you a picture of how messy this table is right now. It is absolutely ridiculous how much crap I got on this table, but uh, I can't get to the cords to undo the the cord wrap because I've got so much crap on this table. Yeah. <laughs> or I would just like extend my boom arm up and be like i'm gonna stand up and record now but i can't right now so now i'm in my kitchen <laughs> now there's my my valedictorian graduate soon's her room oh heck Four yeah man nine two three really <laughs> holy crap man yeah and there's my okay now i'm in the where am i now i'm in the yeah, the, she, the library she, she would, she would, she would, you said that she, she's, she, she claims herself as a Slytherin, right? Oh yeah. I could totally, I could totally see her as a, as a Ravenclaw though, with being that smart. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like she'd probably be a little bit disappointed where the sorting hat put her in, in Ravenclaw. But as we learn. That's my thought on it. You do have yeah. a say. Part yeah, you do have a say, part of your... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that's going to do it for us. I think that's going to wrap us up. Uh, if you get a chance, go by www.nerdylegion.com slash audible. Or is it audible.com slash nerdylegion? Nerdy I can't Legion. remember. Anyways, er, yeah, nerdylegion.com slash audible. Sign up, get your one free month and one free book. You don't have to keep the subscription, but you get to keep the book. And more than likely, you're going to keep the subscription because you're going to freaking love it because it's freaking awesome. Uh, while you're at it and you're online, go by rate us and write a review, man. Tell everybody how much you love 2BT. We just ask you one favor. Please be kind. Yeah. I was waiting on Michael to do the, like, we like five. Oh stars. yeah. I, I, it's been so long, man. <laughs> I forgot. I know it, dude. That's kind of we the like same here. Stars. I kind of flubbed it myself. <clears throat> there we go. Yeah. We like five stars. Please be kind. We like five stars. We just really want you to go by rate us and write a review, but we want you to make it good. You can give us five stars and be like, these guys suck. Don't anybody listen to them. Just be, <laughs> just yeah. give us five stars. That's all we ask for. That's right. uh, you can go by, follow us on Twitter. You can go by, follow us on Twitter. That's the number two BT show. That's two BT show on Twitter. And guess what? Our email is the same thing It's two BT show at gmail.com. That's the number two BT show at gmail.com. Uh, with that being said, I'm uh, David. Michael. Uh, 2BT signing off. Fio con Diaz. Fio con Diaz. I don't want to. Fio con Diaz. Adios. Go with God. Uh, adios. Amen. Bye. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, amen. That's better because I feel like we just preached it. Right? <laughs> amen. Yeah, yeah amen. no one has to listen to me. I don't care. <laughs> I, don't, it's like, I, don't, like, I know anything. I'm gripe about people that actually have that. I don't have any answers, man. I don't know anything. I just have a I just I just have a stupid opinions like everybody else. Two BT signing off. Adios. Fayo Contias. <laughs> oh my god. Viocondias. Wash your hands. <laughs> Wash your hands. Wash your hands, please. Like, my hands are just destroyed. I've been washing them so much. Uh, Viocondias, y'all take care and good health to everybody. God bless you all. Uh, thank you for listening. 
Adios. Falcon Diaz. Alright, that's that's bye. Bye. <laughs> so it goes. That was my transformer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That wasn't terrible. That was pathetic. Boom. Nerdy Legion. Nerdylegion.com.